It's very exciting to be here this morning. Um, I want to say welcome to all of you and a big welcome to those who may be uh, with us online. If you are online, why don't you just pop into the chat where you are uh, tuning in from, what suburb, what city, what state, maybe what nation uh, you are tuning in from. We are glad that you could be part of church family with us this morning. I'm so glad that you came today. It's Join the Team Sunday. It's one of, for me, one of the most exciting Sundays in our calendar. I say that on a lot of Sundays when I get up here. I'm not sure if they only give me, give me the exciting Sundays to share around or if I just love so many Sundays in our church calendar. But the reason that this particular Sunday is, is so exciting to me is because it's an area that I have great passion for because it's changed my life. It's really done something completely uh, in my life that's transformed it. I started to think a little bit about uh, people who serve. And as I started to think about examples of serving, one of the first people that came to mind was Mother Teresa. How many of you know who Mother Teresa is? Give me a wave. Fabulous, if you're online, put a little wave emoji in the chat. Most of us should know who Mother Teresa is. I was always so impressed by Mother Teresa, the way she just gave up so much to serve uh, the sick and dying of, uh, of Calcutta in India. But one of the most inspiring things about Mother Teresa, for me personally, was her attitude, was the way she saw the world. She once said, I see God in every human being. When I wash the leper's wounds, I feel I am nursing the Lord himself. Is it not a beautiful experience? She was the servant to so many, and yet her focus wasn't on her serving. It wasn't on the act of service, it was on what the service meant. She actually understood that her serving was far greater than just a simple act that she embarked upon at a particular point in time. On Join the Team Sunday, we talk about how you can serve in the life of the church. But I think it's also a great opportunity to remind us, to remind us that we actually need to keep changing our understanding of what serving means in church life, that we actually need to come to a, a biblical understanding of what it means to serve. How many of you have ever heard a preacher say, uh, we need to sacrifice for the cause, or hey, look, we just need a hand in church right now, can you volunteer? How many of you have ever, ever been in that position where you've heard something like that? Give us a wave. The rest of you haven't been in church life very long. Okay, <laughs> that's awesome. I can see that wave right there in the chat. There's lots of waves in the chat right now. Have anyone ever been in a position where you've served out of a sense of guilt? Like you've just thought, oh, gee, I better. Don't raise your hand. That's fine. <laughs> you don't want to raise your hand for that. Mother Teresa shows us there is far more to serving than getting a job done. Mother Teresa shows us there is far more to serving than filling a roster spot. Mother Teresa shows us that there is so much more to serving than that. And today, I just want to shape our thinking around the nature of serving. Because can I suggest to you that serving is the doorway to growth? It's the doorway to growth in your life. If you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. We're going to start at verse 14. Jesus is speaking. He's telling a parable. Most of us will be familiar with the parable. I'm going to skip through it a little bit, but I'm going to read most of it. Again, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. 
He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. Everybody say abilities. Type abilities into the chat. That's an important concept. It was only according to their abilities. He didn't give them more than they could handle. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. Verse 19, after a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. Everybody say, his money. money. Whose money was it? His money. money. Type his money into the chat. It wasn't their money. It was his money. And he's come to ask for an account of it. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I've earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Verse 22 and verse 23, the same thing happens with the guy with the two bags of silver. But in verse 24, the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. That's not a great way to start talking to your boss. Harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. A little bit dirty, a little bit dusty, but here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit the money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let me tell you, when you read through this, there's so much in this passage. Some of it, gee, that's a bit harsh. It's actually not. But when you read through it, there's so much in this passage, I don't have time to unpack it all. What I want to take out of this passage is the fact that there are two servants that are illustrated in this passage. The first one There's a wicked and lazy servant who did nothing with what he had. And there's a good and faithful servant, there's two of them in fact, who was only called good and faithful after they multiplied their talents. Did you notice that? He didn't say, hey, good and faithful servant, here's five bags of silver. When he multiplied the talents, he was called good and faithful. Let me just just interrupt myself for a second here. This is not a parable about salvation. This is not a parable about how to be saved or not. This is a parable about stewardship. This is a parable about growth. This is a parable about expansion. This is not if you don't work hard enough, you don't get saved. That's not what this parable is about. Do you understand that, yeah? That's important, okay? It's a parable about stewardship. God commends the servant who grows and expands the resource he was given. Now, in this case, it was money. But can I suggest to you that whatever resource or gift or ability or talent or responsibility that you have, that each of us are responsible to increase it. Each of us are responsible to steward it wisely, to do good stewardship and actually see it increase. So the first thing we notice about serving from this passage, from these two servants, is that serving is actually about expanding and growing. They weren't serving to get praise from the master. 
they weren't serving out of guilt. They weren't serving to do the master a favour. Can we just get rid of that one really quick? Because I know sometimes some of us get the idea, and maybe at some time all of us have had the idea, that, you know, I'm serving because I'm just doing God a solid. Just doing him a favour. You know, I know God needs some help. You know, Pastor Matt came and asked me, hey, could you help out in this area? And so, you know, I'm just doing God a favour. Can we just kind of remove that? That's actually not, that's got nothing to do with serving. And we see from this passage, it's got nothing to do with serving. God's plan for serving is that we would grow through our service. That's God. This is the doorway to your growth. And God's plan is that you would grow in a number of areas. The first one is serving is designed to grow my gift. If you're taking notes, you will want to write that down. Serving grows my gift. If you're online right now, you'd want to type that in the chat. Serving grows my gift. Serving is intended to grow your gift. You know, we are called to be excellent at what we do. God is a God of excellence. Not perfect. He's not called us to be perfect at what we we don't have to get it right every time. Excellence is about doing the best you can with what you have. Taking what you've got and doing the best you can with it. And as we do that, we should be aiming to do better. Constantly growing in that gift that God has placed on our life. Going from, from two bags of silver to four, from five bags of silver to ten, going from glory to glory, so to speak. Number two, serving is designed to grow my anointing. You want to write that down. Serving grows my anointing. We need to continually seek his, his presence to anoint us, to empower us, to strengthen us, to enable us to do what he's called us to do. Because what he's called you to do is not something you can do out of your natural talent and ability. It actually requires supernatural empowering to do. Otherwise, it's not a call of God. It's a call of you. God only calls us to do things we can't do. I can't do it. Yeah, that's the point that we have to actually be anointed. We have to rely on God. The Bible tells us we need to press in. We need to pray. We need to walk in the Spirit, not walk in the flesh. We need to be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be constantly empowered by Him. Make sense? And thirdly, I would argue most importantly, but probably because it's a favourite of mine, serving is designed to grow my character. Serving is designed to grow your gift, grow your anointing, and grow your character. If you've written none of the three down, write that one down. Serving grows my character. If you've typed nothing in the chat, type that in the chat. Serving grows my character. You know, God wants us to become more like Christ, yeah? He wants us to become more like Christ. He wants us to be conformed to His image. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 8, you might want to write that down and have a look at it afterwards. I don't have time to, to go through the whole thing now. But, but it talks about this increase in character brings an increase in productivity. That as we increase in character, it says it will keep you from being unproductive and unfruitful. This increase in character actually brings an increase in productivity and makes you useful for the kingdom. So even that growth in character actually grows the kingdom and expands the kingdom to the world around us. What we are saying is this, 
God uses serving to achieve his purpose in your life. And that purpose is to conform you to the imago Dei, the image of God. That is his purpose, is to conform you and I into his image. Not that we would be clones, because you will still be you, you'll still have your personality, but you will be like Christ. The Bible says when we see him, we will be like him. So serving is not about me. It's certainly not about me displaying my gift. Look at me. I can sing. I won't even do that to you. (laughs) It's not about me doing the church a favour or doing God a favour. It's not even about you feeling like you're a contributor. You know, when I actually serve, I feel like I'm contributing something. I'm happy for you. I'm glad you feel like that. But that's not what serving is about. Can I even suggest it's not even about you advancing the kingdom per se? All of these things absolutely have a part in serving. But serving is the tool that God has ordained to make you and me more like him. Serving is that tool that God has ordained. God uses my serving in the church to train me and to make me like him. That's why he uses serving. It's what he does with it. Now, can I suggest, when you see serving in that way, it puts a whole new spin on your service. Like It'll change the way you serve. I don't just serve in, in kids' church or in host team or in cafe. I don't just serve in, in creative so I can, so I can you know, fill a roster need. No, no, no. I need to serve. I need to serve because that's God's instrument to grow my life. And if I'm not serving, I take a tool out of his hands that he wants to use to shape me and make me into his image. And I want to give him every tool he can, he, he can possibly get hold of because I want to be more like Jesus. Serving is the tool that God is going to use to make me a better husband. Serving is the tool that God is going to use to make me a better parent. Serving is the tool that God will use to make me a better employer or a better employee. It's the tool he uses to make me a better friend. It's that serving is the tool that he uses to shape my character, to shape who I am, to make me a better person, a better Christian. It's the tool he uses to make me into his image, to make me like Jesus. It changes the way I serve. Because now, if I, if I truly believe that's the case, if I get a revelation of that to be, to be, that's what God is doing. He's actually doing something in my life through my serving. Then I don't go in with my own agenda. Because it's not about me anymore. I don't go in thinking I'm God's gift to the church. Have you not heard my singing voice? Why are you laughing now? Wait a minute. I knew why you were laughing before. I'm not sure why you're laughing now. I don't go in with the desire to inflict my gift on the church. Yeah, the people laughing know what I mean. You've experienced it. Not people who come to give their gift to the church, people who come to inflict their gift on the church. Let me tell you, in 30 years of Christian leadership, the number of people who I've had come up to me and are prophets. Oh man, I'm a prophet. I need to speak to the people. I'm looking at the guy thinking, you're a nut job. You need to get out of this place. I'm inflicting you on my people. What are you, crazy? 
No, 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 God's given me a message. You don't even know these people, let alone love them, let alone even like them. You're not going to talk to these people. Get out of here. You're holding up what God wants. No, I'm not. I'm shepherding the flock and keeping wolves out. Jump on your head and leave. I don't know what to tell you, fella. People who just want to inflict their gift on the church. Man, it's a nutbag kind of place, isn't it? No, see, I don't go in wanting to inflict my gift on the church now. Now I go in knowing I'm signing up for growth. I'm signing up for expansion. I'm I'm getting into this thing knowing that God wants to do something in me and change me. So how does God use serving to expand you? I'm so glad you asked. I can see it written all over your faces and I'm so glad you asked that question. As I look at the camera, I can see, yes, our online church, they're asking that question. How does God use serving to expand you? Well, as usual, God uses serving to expand you through people. He always uses people. It's his, it's his chosen vessel, you and me. And he does this in a number of ways. I call it the three C's of serving. The three C's of serving. God uses serving to grow us by, number one, coaching from people. If you're taking notes, write that down. Coaching from people. If you're online right now, you want to write that down. Coaching from people. God uses coaching from people. When I serve, I actually expect somebody to speak into my life. When I serve, I come into a place, and when we came here four and a bit, four and a half years ago, my expectation was that I wasn't just coming to, oh, look at me, here we go, let's do something great. My expectation was, God, who's going to be speaking into my life? And on a semi-regular occasion, Pastor Matt will attest to you, I will say to him, hey, listen, if there's something I'm doing that you don't like, tell me. If there's something I'm doing wrong or something that you just want done differently, tell me. I want to grow, I want to learn. He doesn't have to tell me every day of the week. He doesn't have to come up to me every week and say, it's this, it's this, it's this. He doesn't have to do that. I'm not asking him to, to baby me. But I'm saying, if you see something, say something. Because I want to grow. Does it make sense? Is this not the truth? Have I not said that to you, Pastor Matt? Yes? See, I told you. I expect that. Why? Because that's what we're signing up for when we serve. That's what we're asking for. It's not just to do a job. It's not just to fill an employment position or to fill a roster or to fill a hole. We sign up for growth. God uses serving because serving occurs in the context of the church family. It occurs in the context of the family of God. And it's the family that God uses to change us and conform us to His image. You may or may not remember, we talked a little bit about it last year, how God wants to develop a, a, a family of mature sons, quios, instead of immature children, technon. We talked a little bit about that last year. It was a long time ago. We've had lunch since then, I understand. But the point is, God uses His family in order to do that. So my attitude to serving is that as I serve, I'm going to be shaped into His image. And that's what I'm looking for. So I welcome my, my leader's input into my life. I welcome their input into my service. In fact, to be honest, I expect it. And if it doesn't happen, I feel a little bit ripped off and then I start to pursue it. Hey, tell me, what do you think I can do here? Hey, tell me, what do you think I can do there? I'll actually pursue it. 
Our serving gives our leaders an opportunity, I would argue a responsibility, but let's not go there for right now, but certainly gives them an opportunity if we allow them to, to speak into our life in areas of gift, anointing and character. And we talked about that a second ago. In the areas of gift, they should be challenging us. You can expect to be challenged to become better at what you do. You run a connect group, fabulous. Don't just gather people, pastor people. Come on, let's pastor people better. Let's look for ways that we can make people feel more at home. You're in the, in the cafe. Hey, don't just make coffee. No, build community. Make them feel like that, that they're, we are so glad that they're here right now. We are, that church would, would lose out if they weren't here. You're in kids' church. Don't just check the kids in. Make that kid feel like you, he has just made your week by you seeing him. Make that kid realise that that kid's important to this church, important to Jesus, important to us. They're important. We should expect our leaders to be challenging us in that space, in the area of anointing. Yes, they should be challenging us on our prayer life, whether we're seeking God, asking for His anointing, not just doing a job. So that when we're on on host teams, we're not just kind of collecting buckets. We're not just taking people to seats, but we are making people feel welcome, that we come prepared to all of the things that we do. Holy Spirit, speak to me. I know I'm going to be connecting with people, so give me a word of encouragement for somebody that comes through that door. Give me sensitivity that as somebody walks in, when I look at them, I'll see them and know where they're at and be able to speak life into them. We should be, be constantly challenged in that area of anointing. Are we prayed up before we come? Are we ready to serve under the power of God and not just in our own, well, I know, how to, I know how to pick up a bucket. Sure, anyone can pick up a bucket, but not everyone can host people. That's what we want. We want you to host people. The area of character, our leaders should be, hey, listen, asking us, how are you going with that? We talked about that, that area that you're struggling with. How are you going? I've been praying for you. How are you going with that? Are you still struggling? What can I do? Hey, let's pray and fast together. That area of character. Hey, I know there was, there, was a, there was an issue you had in your family. How's that working for you right now? I'm still praying for you. Come on, what are you, come on let's talk it through. Where are you at with that? What, how are you going with that? It gives our leaders an opportunity to speak into areas of gift, anointing, and character in a loving way. But nonetheless putting those challenges out to us because it's those challenges. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. Do you know when iron sharpens iron, there are sparks that sometimes fly. That's what challenge is. It's the sparks that fly. Oh, that hurts a little bit. Yeah, well, sure it does. It's a spark flying. You're doing all right. You're getting sharpened. It's a good thing. This is the point of serving for us to grow in character and into the image of Jesus. For our part then, serving requires us to have an attitude that is humble. Not self-seeking, not self-serving. It requires an obedience to God and a willingness to allow Him to grow us through other people. God expands us through coaching from people. How else does God expand? Number two, you're going to love this one. God expands us through conflict with people. Hooray! Yeah, we all love that one, hey? Man, you want to write that one down in italics. And the chat box, stick a little, little, little firework on either side of it. Hebrews 5 verse 8 tells us that Jesus learned obedience through suffering. It's a very interesting scripture because it doesn't say Jesus learned obedience through praying. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? 
It doesn't say Jesus learned obedience through good times. Good times. No. It doesn't say Jesus learned obedience through miracles. It doesn't say he learned obedience through mountaintop experiences. We all love those things. Oh, Jesus, teach me obedience through the mountaintop, please. That's not how he learned obedience. It says he learned obedience through what he suffered. Being a good servant requires obedience, but it requires obedience even when things are unfair. Now, it's not like there's heaps of conflict, but the bottom line is when you mix with people, people disagree with each other. That's just part of life. And sometimes there is conflict. Obedience is learned not in the good times, but in the midst of those conflicts, in the midst of unfair circumstances. Think about it. Jesus learned obedience through his suffering. So he learned obedience through being unfairly accused. Jesus learned obedience through being framed. Jesus learned obedience through being misunderstood. Oh, I hate that one. I hate being misunderstood. It's why I hate preaching. Serious, I love and hate preaching. It's got a love-hate thing. And the reason I don't like preaching is because you can never be completely and fully understood. Jesus was misunderstood and he learned obedience through that. Jesus learned obedience through being beaten and mocked and crucified, all of which was entirely unfair. Now, let me just say, I don't know about the other departments in the life of the church, but if you do serve in the cafe area, we've had no crucifixion so far this year. I'm just saying, okay? There has been some mocking, okay? But no beatings. Okay, you understand that, that, that most of us, are, well, probably none of us are ever likely to experience the crucifixion, mocking and beating that Jesus did. I get that. But you understand the point. Through difficult times, that's how Jesus learnt obedience. And when you and I go through a difficult time, it is an opportunity that if we respond rightly, will produce obedience in our lives. A, a revelation of serving changes the way we serve through hard times. It changes the way we serve through conflicts, both inside the church and outside the church. It can actually become, these trials can become a source of joy. James chapter 1, we're all very familiar with the, with the passage. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. No, he did not hit his head before he wrote this. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. In other words, you become more like Jesus. Once again, that point of serving becoming like Jesus. Serving creates that opportunity for that joy because it sets up the opportunity for the testing of our faith. Difficulty is an opportunity to respond rightly. Difficulty is an opportunity to respond rightly. Too many people give up at the first sign of adversity. <laughs> I don't want to serve. They won't let me run something. Oh my goodness, that Pastor Jesse. Can't he see my worship gift? What's his problem? Camille, you need to let me sing. Have you not heard my voice? I need to do solos. Oh, Salamia. I fit right into this church, Pastor. You need to let me sing solos.
every preacher wants to be a singer and every singer wants to be a preacher. Is that just not the way it works? <laughs> God expands us through coaching from people, but he also expands us through conflict with people. Don't run away from it. Work it through. And lastly, he grows us through connection to people. The last of the C's. I'm not going to labour this one because we have talked a lot about connection and connecting with people and we will continue to this year. But I couldn't, I couldn't just let it go and not actually bring up connection with people because it's such a key part. God's heart is you being part of his family. That's what he wants. He wants you to be part of family. If you're new in this place, if it's the first time you're watching online, he wants you to be part of his family. Not just to come and go or, or you know, log in and log off. He, he actually wants you to become part of family, part of community. Being in community with real connection, deep connection with people, with your church brothers and your church sisters. I've talked about it in the past. It's the family of God. We talked about it just a month ago when we were doing baby dedications. It's about the family of God interacting together. And it's connection to people that God will primarily use to grow us and to shape us into His image. Because as you begin to connect on a real level with the people around you, God does something in you. He changes you. It's part of God's plan. It's why we need to be intentional about connecting and not just run off after the service. Serving gives you another opportunity to get a little bit closer. Serving gives you another opportunity to be a springboard in order to build relationships, to build friendships with others. It puts you in proximity to other people for an extended length of time so that maybe at some point you can invite them out for a coffee or ask them over or, or invite yourself over to their house, whatever. But you can engage with people. Just this week, we caught up with Dean and Talia because we serve with them on the cafe. Took ages to get the, the, the calendars to actually work. But it was an opportunity to be able to connect and just hear a bit about where they've come from and what their life has been. A, a couple of great uh, connect group leaders in our church. And I walked away from that different, with a different perspective on the world around me because of their life experiences. I was changed because of it. It's about connection to people. Serving gives an opportunity for coaching, for connection, for conflict. And we get to grow through each of those spaces. Let me just tie it all up in a bit of a bow. Just summarise our takeaways from the morning. We need to understand, we just got to shift our mindset in terms of serving. Because it's not just to do the church a favour. Serving's God-ordained purpose is to help us become more like Christ. Serving is actually all about us growing and expanding in our gifts, in our anointing, and in our character. It's not that the church needs me to serve as much as I need to serve in the life of the church in order to become what God has called me to. And finally, God uses other people to achieve this growth by challenging us in our serving, through us reacting rightly to conflict and through connection with others that we serve with. God established serving to fulfill all these functions, but it needs us to step up into it. 
It needs us to step into that space and say, God, we are willing to be a part of what you want to do in our lives. We are willing to step into a place that allows you that tool to shape us as the potter shapes the clay. This is why we have Join the Team Sunday. It's not because we need a hand. It's not because we just need some help. We have Join the Team Sunday because we love you. That's what it comes down to. We have Join the Team Sunday because we understand that God wants to take you from where you are and move you into a space where your life flourishes in a much greater way than it is right now. I'll tell you, I'm so passionate about serving because it's changed my life. I would not be, not just wouldn't be here, I wouldn't be the person I am today if I didn't get that revelation of serving early because I didn't have it. When I first started serving, it was just, I'm serving because I'm just grateful for what God's done in my life. I just somehow have to say thank you, so I'm going to serve. It wasn't until later that I actually realised, oh, all of that serving, God's actually changed me. He's done more in my life than I've ever done in any other context for them. That's why we have joined the team Sunday. We know that serving is the tool that God wants to use to grow you, to make you flourish, to put you in that space where you can receive everything that God has for you. When you came in today, you will find, you probably would have been given one of these little cards. Join the team. If you're on the floor here, you'll find uh, on your seats, there's a, a card there. If you're online, right now, my wife is entering it into the chat, a little link there that will get you to the same place. We don't want anybody to miss out. And on this little card, there's a QR code. Come on, we all love QR codes. Kind of got used to them over the last two years, didn't we? Very, very simple. Just kind of open your camera, hold it over it, and up will come a little button. Click on the button and it'll take you to a web page. And that page will show you the ways that you can get involved and serve in the life of the church. The ways that you can say, God, I want you to do something in my life and grow me. If you don't know how to use a QR code or if your phone is... 1947 vintage, that's fine too. You can make your way to the uh, information desk. We've got some people there who'll be more than happy to help you. But I want to encourage you to, to, to even now grab this, open it up and start to have a look. How can I serve? Maybe you want to take it home and you want to, um, uh, you want to pray it through and, and then uh, that's a great idea, but don't lose it in between the console and your seat. You know, the only time you find it is when the car detailer comes because you're about to sell your car. And he goes, hey, what's this thing I found? Do you want it or is it rubbish? Oh, no, that was going to be the ticket to changing my life. But I forgot all about it. Thanks so much. You don't want to be that guy. I'm just saying. I want to encourage you to just take a moment to look at this, to open it up and to say, God, where can I be used? What's the area that you're going to change my life in by my serving? How do you want to grow me through kids' church or cafe or admin or, or uh, through we care during the week or, or on the host team or like how, or in production somehow? God, because the cool thing about God is that he, when he, he could get us to serve and do anything, but what He actually does is He puts passions for different things in your life. 
and then you can actually connect with that passion, it actually makes the growth easier. I don't know if God was the one who invented that saying, a spoonful of honey makes the medicine go down. I'm not sure if that's what it actually was talking about. But the point is that when you operate in your passion and then God starts to shape you, it just makes it that much easier to hold on and keep sticking through. And so I just want to encourage you this morning, grab a hold of one of these, maybe go make your way to the information desk afterwards. But when you've heard God's Word, can I encourage you to do something to outwork it? Don't just go away and say, yeah, it was okay. He gets a six and a half for that. Rather, actually take God's Word and implement it because that's the thing that's going to change your life, not just hearing a message about it. Does this make sense? Very cool. We so want to see you grow. You know, the last two years have been difficult and it's been difficult. There's been lots of growth in that time. But we are now in a, in a place where we have the tools at our disposal to actually see growth in a way that we haven't seen in the past because we're able to come together like, like we haven't in the past. This is an opportunity to supercharge your walk with God, to supercharge your faith by actually allowing Him to work in your life. I'm going to pray. We're going to close in just a second. I'm going to pray for you first. I'm going to pray that God speaks into your heart. That gives that Because I don't want you just to hear it. I want you to get a revelation of it. Because it wasn't just hearing a message about serving that changed me. It was the revelation in my heart that changed me. It changed the way I acted. It changed what I did. And so I want to pray for you for that before we close. Father, this morning, we are so privileged to serve. The thought that you would even allow us to be part of your divine purposes that our lives could count for something eternal, that our lives would make a difference in eternal souls, in eternal hearts, that a smile could bring such a change, that a, a word of encouragement could transform a life and that you would allow us to do that. You chose people to be part of your plans and your purposes and we're just so grateful that we get included in that. We understand it's not just about us being grateful, we also want to be more like Jesus. We love you so much. We so want to be like you. You are everything that we pursue. And so we, we are so grateful that, in, that you have given us avenues. You've given us ways and opportunities to become more like you through your word, through worship, through prayer, through connecting with family and through serving. Holy Spirit, we don't want to take that, that tool out of your hands. This morning, I pray that you would speak revelation into people's hearts. You would speak into people's lives that, that as, they, as they take this, this little piece of card or as they go online and click into the, into the webpage, Father, that you would speak revelation into our hearts, that it wouldn't just be about, oh, I should serve, but it would be, no, God, God wants me to serve because He wants to do something in my life. He wants to transform me into the image of Jesus. Holy Spirit, bring revelation to our hearts, I ask, in a powerful and life-changing way. In Jesus' name, amen.